Welcome in to Locked On Blackhawks for Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, and it has finally happened. The Blackhawks picked up their first win of the season Monday night against the then undefeated. They were 5-0 and going into this game. Edmonton Oilers will break down the entire thing. We'll go over the pluses and minuses. We'll go through the numbers, but a lot of things to be happy about. But first, let's get the particulars out of the way. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send me an email, lockedonblackhawks at gmail.com. Of course, you can leave us a voicemail, 708-653-0572. Monday's episode was our Monday mailbag. If you'd like to be part of one of those, uh, make sure you get those messages in. I do my best to answer all of them. Sometimes they can be a little bit repetitive because the stories are the same most of the time, uh, especially this early in the season. So I don't want to be redundant, but send us your questions. We'll do our best to get to them. Again, that voicemail, 708-653-0572. You could get your voice on Lockdown Blackhawks, which is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Jay Zawoski with you here today. Introduce myself yet? I don't know if I did. I'm too excited. That was really an encouraging game for the Blackhawks. And I want to say it had kind of a playoff intensity to it. And I don't know if... It felt that way for the players, but for me as a spectator and for me as somebody with a rooting interest in the Blackhawks, that game was stressful as hell. If they were to fall to 0-3 and 1, that's bad. You know, the, look, 1-2 and 1 isn't great either, but at least you're seeing some positive signs and what worried me the most is first of all Connor McDavid cuz every time he touches the puck, he's a threat. And as well as they played, they were only up a goal for a long time. Then they were up two goals for a while. Then Edmonton struck back, and it was like, oh, boy, here we go. They're going to play a really solid game and still not win. I had that feeling going the whole time, and it was nothing the Blackhawks were doing. They played a very solid game start to finish. I was very pleased with all 60 minutes of the game last night. We'll get to some negatives. There were some moments that weren't great, of course, as, as there will be in every game. But overall, really, really positive performance. And I think my insecurity about the game was more about me and less about the Blackhawks and what they were doing on the ice. It was more of a, oh my God, it can't go wrong. If it goes wrong, I'm not even going to want to do this podcast. I'm not even going to want to face all the followers on Twitter who are going to be pissed off and upset. It's tough. And I want to relate this back to... When the Cubs won the World Series, I said this a bunch to uh, friends, it was almost relief that they didn't lose. This was kind of like that on a much smaller scale. And one more thing I have to say, we're three minutes into the podcast, and I've not already apologized to Corey Crawford. Monday on Twitter, when I saw Corey Crawford was going to get the start, I said, look, this is the first sign that Jeremy Calton may be favoring some of these veteran dynasty era players over the guy that deserves to play I think Robin Leonard after his first game he played better in that game than Crawford did in the prior two and I thought Leonard deserved to start today I still think that that philosophy is correct if a guy outplays you they should play right I don't think Brendan Perlini should draw into the next game now because I think Alex Nylander had a phenomenal game for a fourth line guy with limited minutes I thought he did really really well we'll get to him a little bit later too so the concept isn't wrong. Crawford was absolutely outstanding. Really good to see him bounce back. And even though I didn't agree 
with the idea of starting him. Jeremy Cullen is an NHL head coach. I'm a podcaster. There's a reason for that. <laughs> and I can admit when I'm wrong, I'll be wrong a lot. And when I am, I'll admit it. Um, but Corey Crawford, absolutely outstanding Monday night. Another element of this game, I think, that deserves some attention, and it's kind of been a trend this season, the Hawks are suddenly a physical team. I didn't think, I'd ever see that. And I know they added some players this summer, Zach Smith, Andrew Shaw, Ryan Carpenter, that are more straight ahead, physical kind of players, and you knew it would be a little bit better. But they've been a team that is bringing the physicality most nights. That is surprising, and it's welcome. And look, I, I've said, uh, those of you who have followed me for a long time, I'm not into fights. I don't think they accomplish anything. I don't think they do much. But playing physically does. The Blackhawks had 36 hits Monday night. Four from Drake Kajula. Five from Calvin DeHaan, including one at the end of the game on Connor McDavid that I really enjoyed. Six from Brent Seabrook. Four from Olimata. Three from Connor Murphy. Andrew Shaw, who had the biggest hit of the game, was credited with three. That makes a difference. It makes a difference because if you're going to go into a corner to win a puck, and for the last 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you've been getting pounded every time you do that, you're going to hesitate. You're going to pull back. It's only natural to want to avoid contact and avoid pain. And over time, those hits add up. And guys start looking over their shoulders, and they start making passes before they have to. They rush things because they don't want to take a big hit. Being a physical team over time, over the course of a game, matters, and it has an impact. And again, it's not just dropping the gloves, or it's not just lining a guy up like Andrew Shaw did and dropping him like a bag of bricks. A bag of bricks? That's right. A ton of bricks? Whatever it is. Whatever the bad cliche is, I screwed it up. My bad. It's about consistently finishing checks when the opportunity is there. It's about battling for the puck along the boards. It's about competing harder than your opponent. And that is why the Blackhawks won this game. Make no mistake. They outworked the Edmonton Oilers, and that was the difference. And they had to. And this is something that this team, a lot of the guys who have been here for a long time, are going to have to adjust to. They don't have the skill anymore to not outwork the opponent. That's an adjustment for the Blackhawks, and it's understandable. You know, for 10 of the last 13 years, you've been skating circles around most of the league. Now that the league has caught up to your talent, you have to adapt your game. And I think they're finally learning, okay, we really have to compete. We saw games. Remember, back the years when the Blackhawks won Stanley Cups, we would talk about when the playoffs come, they're going to flip the switch. They're going to flip the switch. They're going to find that second level like they always do, they're going to put their, you know, their um, compete level from 85 to 100. It became a cliche for Hawks fans. Flip the switch. Flip the switch. They can't do that now. They can't turn it off. If they're going to win games, they've got to compete start to finish 60 minutes. That's been the message from Jeremy Cowton all season. Last night, they gave a 60-minute effort, and now they have two points to show for it. If you're like me, there's nothing better than a night out seeing your favorite band or sports team. Whether it's a concert or game, nothing beats being there while it happens. Vivid Seats is the place for tickets to all the live events you want to see. You can sort by price, you can sort by section or row, all in the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats Rewards is their new loyalty program. With Vivid Seats Rewards, you can attend the concert, the game, the show, the play you want, 
and earn credits towards your next purchase. With reward statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn rewards towards their next purchase. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Time for the pluses and minuses of this game. A lot more pluses than minuses. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's start with the positives. Corey Crawford was an absolute highway robber today. He was outstanding. He was strong in his crease. He was seeing the puck beautifully, controlling his rebounds. Uh, Even the more difficult stops he had to make, there were a couple breakaways he got pieces of. He was on his game. That was vintage Corey Crawford, and it's great to see him bounce back after a tough first two games of the season to see Corey Crawford back in there looking like the Corey Crawford of old has to be encouraging. The next plus goes to Alex Nylander. Yes, he's a fourth liner, but he's one of the more important pieces of this team this year and of this franchise going forward considering what you traded to acquire him in Henry Okaharyu, who, by the way, is doing quite well in Buffalo. We'll get to that later in the week. Nylander with a goal, a plus one. Only eight minutes and 20 seconds of ice time last night. He had two shots on goal. But the most important thing is you saw him hustling. You saw him busting his ass away from the puck and near the puck. He was doing everything he needs to do to remain in a lineup. And you noticed Even though we only played a team low, 8 minutes and 20 seconds, he was very noticeable the whole game, and it wasn't just the goal. When he would get the puck, things were happening. He would cycle the zone. He would dish off to the point men to try to get scoring chances. He had a very effective game on Monday night. I was very pleased from what I saw from Alex Nylander. One guy I think who deserves some credit is Ryan Carpenter. We talked about Zach Smith on Monday's podcast saying how he's an unsexy player. He does the little things Uh, that make a difference. And Ryan Carpenter is the same way. I really like him on the penalty kill. And there was another opportunity early in this game where he almost sprung a two-on-one again. He's got some offensive ability for a fourth-line player, and he's not going to rack up a ton of points, but he's got some skill. He's got some ability for a guy in that role. I like what I've seen from Ryan Carpenter. Looking at his numbers tonight, nothing crazy, but in 13 minutes and 42 seconds, he picked up an assist. Solid start to the season for Ryan Carpenter. Seems like a good addition so far. The next plus goes to the team overall. Talked earlier about their physicality in Monday's win. It made a difference. I think it may have been the difference in the game because you saw Oilers starting to not enter the zone with as much enthusiasm as they had been prior. Even Connor McDavid was backing off late in the game. There was a Calvin DeHaan put a hit on Connor McDavid in the neutral zone, and you saw it before the contact was made, McDavid jump back. If these guys know they're going to get hit as they go over the line, it's going to slow them down. And someone like Connor McDavid, you need to slow down. I'm going to give credit mostly for this to Andrew Shaw, who started everything off with the big hit. It changed things. The game changed. He hit Joel Pearson, who got hit a couple times. Zach Smith lined him up once, too. Then 
Edmonton responds. They take a penalty, and the game changed from there. You could feel an energy shift, and people call it meatball-y. I know it's meatball-y to talk about playing physical or whatever. No, it's not meatball-y. It's, an, it's part of hockey. It's part of what makes the game great. And, and the way the Blackhawks played, if they're going to be as tough to play against as they are, as they were on Monday night, they're going to be in really good shape. Going to give another plus to Duncan Keith, who I think had his best game of the season. I sort of like what I'm seeing from that pairing with him and Connor Murphy. Uh, it gives Keith a little bit of leeway defensively. He's got a guy there he can trust. I think if we're sort of handicapping the Hawks' defense right now, Connor Murphy's probably their best pure defender. I also think that Olimata, who felt like he played the entire first period, deserves some credit too. That that move was met with a lot of criticism. It was a guy who's coming off a bad season with the Penguins, uh, an injury-prone season with the Penguins. Uh, injury-ridden, not so much prone, but ridden. Played 17-10 for the Hawks, 21 shifts, four hits. Uh, just a solid game, and I think he's brought some stability to this Blackhawks blue line. Now let's get to the very few minuses. As we know, having Andrew Shaw on your roster comes with its pluses and minuses. I've sung his praises this entire show. He's been a story, though, in every game with a bad penalty. Had another one in the neutral zone where he grabbed the arm of a oiler and was called for holding. These are the sort of things Andrew Shaw needs to minimize. They are better when he's on the ice and available and out of the penalty box. I know that playing physically is going to get you in the box now and again, and I'm fine with that. But to take a neutral zone penalty that was really had no result other than to annoy the opponent, I think that was a bad move, and I need less of that from Andrew Shaw. Yes, it comes with the territory, but it shouldn't happen every game. Next minus is going to go to Patrick Kane, and I don't want this to become a recurring thing. And I feel like I saw this from Patrick Kane early last season as well, where the compete level isn't there the whole game. And I mentioned this on Monday. You can live with it, right? You can live with it if he's going to give you 100 points and be a huge factor in the game. And again, of course, he was a factor today. He opened the scoring. He is the most skilled Blackhawk. There's no doubt about it. But there's so many times I've watched this season and again on Monday night where he was just kind of... 60-70% playing, not super interested in engaging defensively. I, you know, I, I said it on Monday's podcast. These wins, these points are too valuable. The slow start has gotten you in a bad spot. They need full commitment from everybody. I don't want Patrick Kane getting in fights. I don't want him blocking a million shots. But the effort to break up a play needs to be there a little more. Maybe it's nitpicking after a very, very solid win, but it's something I noticed and it's something I want to keep an eye on as the season goes on. Let's go down the number line. Blackhawks win 3-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. This is Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jay Zawoski. We went over some of the uh, numbers in the last segment as far as the individual players go but every game so far we've gone over the possession numbers and I want to keep that trend alive and if you missed Monday's podcast I told everybody that if you don't understand Corsi and Fenwick and what I mean from that I'm not going to explain it every show but what I am going to do every show is put a link to the definitions 
uh, in this show description. So if you want to find out what the hell I'm talking about, I'll do my best to sort of describe it generically, but I can't rehash five days a week what Corsi and Fenwick mean. If you want to look that up, check the show's description. There'll be a link to naturalstattrick.com and their glossary of terms so you can figure out what these things mean. So let's look at the five-on-five five numbers, which is typically how you base a game. Overall, the Hawks had a 56.82, Corsi 4, and a 43.18. Corsi against that is a domination that's a really solid game high danger scoring chances for the Hawks were 10 high danger chances against were nine so that's pretty even if you want to look at Fenwick the Hawks had a 57.81 percent advantage to 42.19 so the Hawks were dominant in every category total attempts for 50 for the Hawks 38 for the Oilers so again a really solid performance from the Blackhawks now you want to say it would have been worse Here's a term I'm going to introduce that I've not said on this podcast yet. Score effects. When a team's down late, you're going to see a surge. It's natural. They're throwing more attackers at the net. They're taking more chances. So you're going to see those chances start to get a little skewed. In the third period, the Oilers had a 13-8 shot attempt advantage. And they had a 61.9% overall Corsi advantage in the third period, but that is almost purely score effects. So when you see late in a game of a, of a game, your team's winning chances are late in that third period, those numbers are going to start to skew a little bit without score effects. Even, even with the score effects, even with a 38% possession third period, the Hawks still finished the game with almost 57% possession. That's excellent. That's really, really good. And if they finish, with a 57% Corsi rating every night, they're going to win a hell of a lot more games than they lose. So that's really encouraging. And this game felt very, very important. This game felt like, I don't want to say a must win, but you've got seven games to to start the season at home, and you've already lost your first two, and your division is stacked. These points matter, and this win was huge. And that Alex Nylander goal is the biggest moment of the season so far. To give them that 2 nothing cushion late in the game, to see him do that in that sort of a pressure spot is super encouraging. And I think I might be more of an Alex Nylander fan than most people. And I will admit, and I think you guys will find this out as the show goes along, that I just sort of naturally, as an optimist... I give new faces a little more leeway than maybe they deserve. And I think if Kirby Doc gets here, and it looks like he will soon, I watched a bunch of his game in Rockford, but uh, I tend to give new faces some leeway. And I know it's a character flaw of mine, but uh, I like Nylander, and I think he can be an effective player, and I think he can be a good player. There's a reason he was drafted where he was. And he's got the talent. He's got the pedigree. His father was a great hockey player. His brother's a great hockey player. And I don't know, that doesn't always matter. But I think Alex Nylander has the tools to be an effective player. He is his own worst enemy. If he's going to come out and not compete, then he's not going to play. And that's one thing that I'll give Cowden credit for. He saw Nylander with a crap-ass game against San Jose and benched him for the next game and put Brendan Perlini in there. But I'm glad to see when he drew back in the lineup, Nylander I'm talking about, when he drew back in, he made the best of it and had a really, really solid game on Monday night and scored uh, what turned out to be the game-winning goal. 
He had the first goal of the Hawks season, so the offense is there. We've seen the offensive skill. That's undeniable. And even people in Buffalo would tell you his offensive skill was undeniable. It was the rest of the game that was problematic. I think on Monday night, Alex Nylander did a really, really solid job at getting back the overall 60-minute performance you need from him. And it's not 60 (laughs) because he doesn't play that much. He only played 8 minutes and 20 seconds. That's a team low, only 9 shifts. But for a guy that only played 9 shifts, very, very noticeable contributions. And I expect to see his playing time going up next game. So, um, great win. Thank God it happened. The monkey's off the Blackhawks' back. And we can now go through this week looking at some big picture things, getting ready for the next game. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to discuss. But I want to thank you guys for joining me on today's Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I say it every episode. I'm going to say it until I'm blue in the face. Subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, let a friend know. Tell your friend, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your loved ones. Tell people you know that love hockey about Lockdown Blackhawks. I think we've got a really good thing going here at Lockdown Blackhawks, and I want Hawks fans to find it. I know the Hawks do not get the coverage they deserve around town, so hopefully this gives people the coverage they want because the Hawks fans deserve it. Monday night was the 500th consecutive sellout at the United Center. That's something. That tells me that people care about hockey in this town even though the Hawks have not been on the same level we're used to. So thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I will talk to you on Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. on Lockdown Blackhawks, your team every day.